Hey, five fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Eddie Hearn. Eddie, looks like we're having, we have matching kicks. Yes. Is that what you call them? Yeah, is that not what you guys call them? Kicks. No, we don't call them kicks. Sneakers? Trainers. What are you there as well with a tree? Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Well, you know what? This is as close to Christmas um, an experience as I'm going to get because I'm, I've been from bubble to bubble, and now yes. next week I'm going to be Canelo Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So... I don't get home until four days before, so I called my mom last night, and I said, could you do me a favor? And she's like, what? And I said, when I come home, I want Dad to be dressed like Santa Claus because I want the full experience. Very nice. <laughs> Has he agreed to do it? Um, no, they won't do it. Oh, but okay. they do have the outfits, though. Oh, nice. They do it every Christmas Eve. Okay. You know, just a little Phelps, Phelps family tradition. <laughs> <laughs> it's always young at heart, Ed. Got some bad news, Michelle. <laughs> He's not real. <laughs> well... Anyways, um, did you hear, did, first of all, did you hear the news about Vivian? Yes. Vivian Obanoff, yeah. I mean, I was at the show on Friday and someone sent it to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't, you know, I think until you know all the info on these things, you know, it's, it's hard to judge, but don't sound great, no. to be honest with you. And, you know, yeah. I just saw right now, I was like, Whoa, this looks or sounds like a lifetime movie. Yes, or a lifetime sentence. <laughs> <laughs> or that, exactly. <laughs> well, anyways, we're here uh, in the bubble. We're nearing the end of 2020 with, you're like, yes, yes. God. Yes. Yeah, we're just like. Especially for you, because it's, it's. It's just like inboxing. You used to probably one piece of bad news a day. Do you know what I mean? This is like three or four and you just have to counter it with good news or positive stuff mm -hmm. so you're like trying to get fights made and make announcements and then it's like bosh kicking the nuts proverbials whatever you want to call it and it's like oh. and then you're driving home and it's like boom then america opens oh, i'll just let you know he's out he's tested positive he's not you know it's like fuck's sake give us a break yeah. you know but i think you just got to smile and, and roll the punches and uh process of it it's got to be so exhausting especially for for you, you guys who have to be here every week yeah it's the process it's the cost you know it's uh the disappointment it's it's the uncertainty of never knowing you know and it's like okay everyone's tested and it's like no someone's arrived today to test it's half you know every morning's like you, you get the database of updated results to go to the commission it's like oh and you know we've done i think we've done about 1600 tests and we've had 10 positives. And, you know, it's, yeah. you know, 1,600 tests cost you 180,000 pounds, you know, nearly a quarter of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money, you know, which is not, wasn't expected, really. Yeah, yeah. Not really part of the budget, the normal budget. So, um, and we've wanted to do things properly, you know, not, not a swipe at other promoters, but their bubble hasn't really existed. You know, you, you've been in here. You know it's proper, you know, it, from the food to, you know, the games room, the cinema, the gym, you know... It, this is we wanted to put our stamp on things so um but we even you even got christmas got trees in here trees for you <laughs> but we just wanted you know we can't go on like this forever i mean well we can but we don't want to and i've enjoyed behind closed doors events to be honest with you because it's allowed it's allowed us to do different stuff you know focus more on the production and think about what we're doing but nothing beats having live fans there i mean we have a thousand there on saturday for the first time in 10 months and it'll feel like a million I know. 
And next week in uh, in Texas, we've got 11,000 at the Alamo Dome. And it's just, you know, we just hope that things can return to normality. But we have got a model in place now where we can sustain this. If January, February, March, April, May is still a thousand or no no fans, we can keep the sport going. And I think we've shown with this schedule in the back end of the year, you know, with Saunders Murray, with AJ Pulev, with Canelo against uh, Callum Smith, with Golovkin's Eremeta, with Luke Campbell against Ryan Garcia, that we're able to keep these big fights rolling. And that's very important. And I think not just Matram and Sky and Zone, but everybody should pat themselves on the back and say, we rolled our sleeves up and we cracked on. And that's what we do. Well, I'm just grateful to be here, so thank you again for having me here. <laughs> All right, so I wrote down... Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I wrote down some key topics because I wanted to make sure... That was very impressive. I wanted to make sure I didn't forget something because you're a very popular man. So... <laughs> on the back as well. Hey, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to make sure we covered the basis of, um, you know, because I, I wasn't able to get you last week, so I obviously have questions there. So let's start off, first of all, with um, Anthony Joshua suggested that Tyson Fury join Matchroom, yeah. sign with Matchroom, 258 management. Is it called 258? I apologize. 258 <laughs> management. And it uh, didn't sit very well with him. Joshua said and made a reference as if Tyson Fury wasn't already some superstar. I just sort of want to get your thoughts on what he had to say. I think it was tongue in cheek. I think it was just to wind him up. Yeah. And it worked, didn't it? Because he yeah. comes straight, bite him straight back. And, you know, I think AJ said yesterday to the media, oh, it's good to see Tyson Fury biting, you know. Mm -hmm. I just think it was a tongue in cheek comment. And, uh, you know, it's going to get, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Got to get through Saturday. But I, I truly believe that if we get through Saturday, you'll see the fight and you'll see it next. Um, so, so what, serious question, what would you do differently for Tyson Fury that his promotional companies, because there's obviously Top Rank and Queensbury, have not been able to do for him? Um, I mean, Tyson Fury, you know, you always need a promoter, but he's a great self-promoter. So... It's not like those guys have promoted him particularly well. I think he's promoted himself very well. Those guys have, have steered him well because he's got a world championship belt. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, it's some, some people don't, you know, listen, Tyson Fury, when you look at AJ's roster of commercial partners, i.e. sponsors, that's a big part of growing your fan base and your profile to a different audience. When you're tied up with Under Armour and you're on every shop and every billboard in every major city around the world, that makes a big difference. When you're in Beats campaigns with Serena Williams and Michael Phelps and you know, all around the world, that makes a big difference. But Fury might not want that. You know, he's not, you know, he might be happy just doing his thing. So I don't think, at the end of the day, Tyson Fury's world heavyweight champion. I'm sure he's very happy. Good luck to him. Yeah. Everyone does things differently. I don't think he's been promoted badly. I don't think anyone's doing a bad job. I just think that was a comment from AJ to say, come on board with us. And just to give him a little dig, you know, and he bit. Yeah. So it was like, it all worked out well. So, uh, like I said, I think you're going to see a lot of fun in games. Both guys are their own men. They'll do what they want to do, but they do want to fight each other. There's mention that Tyson Fury may or may not come on fight night. Have you heard anything? I think Adam Smith messaged him and he, I think he sort of said, well, when did AJ come to my fights? 
you know. So it's a bit like a little bit of that ego side. And he's right. I don't think, I don't think there's a, a right and a wrong of whether you should attend. I mean, I would go because if I'm fighting this guy next, I would like to watch him up close. But maybe he feels like he doesn't need to watch him up close. He's more than welcome to come. Um, and, you know, it'd be great to start building that fight if AJ can be triumphant on Saturday. All right. Let's talk a bit about... Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's get down. <laughs> so you were kind of a big part of this whole YouTuber fight situation going on. We got Logan Paul now getting fucking hell the like the, the lot like seriously like the lottery ticket getting an exhibition fight against Floyd Mayweather Jr. Do you think though at some point you step back and you think this could get dangerous because you're talking about prof I mean Floyd Mayweather's Floyd Mayweather. I like it. I mean I, I don't like that fight, but I love the fact that I started a lot of this in America. And I think at the time, I mean, I haven't pulled it out, but I'm sure Leonard Ellerby would have given me a load of stick about doing KSI versus Logan Paul. And now his boy's fighting Logan Paul. I mean, can you fucking believe it, like you said? What I struggle with that is, there's cash and grabs, right? Which is fine. We all love a cash and grab. But at least there's got to be a story to be told, right? When KSI box Logan Paul, they're the two biggest YouTubers in the world. You know, they've both had limited boxing experience. They're both going to turn professional for that fight. They're both going to do a real camp. And it's a 50-50 fight. Let them fight. Right? First one was a draw. When Mike Tyson boxed Roy Jones, again, wasn't sure about it. Ended up being all right. Two former world champions. Similar ability at this stage in life. Right? Two pound-for-pound -pound greats. Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather, which I was never really buzzing for, but two massive personalities, two huge stars, and the best at what they do in their respective combat sports. Here, one of the greatest pound-for-pound -pound fighters of all time against a YouTuber who's zero and one, who can't really fight. So what are you, what are you selling? What, what, what's the narrative? Oh, it's just an exhibition. So what, what, what? Where's the intrigue? Do you know what I mean? And I think that fans do sometimes understand that we're in a, a sport driven by money, but don't just take the piss out of us. And I love Logan Paul. I think he's a great guy, uh, and I think he's really in intelligent, and, and bloody good luck to him. I just, you know, but I've got to be too careful just in case I end up promoting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just, what, what are you selling? I'm a wow, it's the one of the greatest fighters of all time against Logan. Greatest YouTuber of all yeah. time? So what? What are you saying? Yeah. It's not going to be good to watch, is it? Well, I'm concerned about the, the, no. the health aspect of it. Floyd, Floyd did, you know, when Floyd boxed um, Connor, we all know that he didn't, you know, fight him properly. And he won't fight Logan Paul properly. Floyd has too much respect where he's, I don't believe he's going to go in there and just, you know, he could do anything he wants, this guy. But didn't he kind of do that against the guy in Japan? Yeah, he knocked him out in the first... Yeah, but at least he was a fighter. Yeah. The guy was a kickboxer, was he? Or might, yeah, so he knows how to box. But this is different, you know, and I know he's, what, 30, 40 pounds heavier than... But we've just got to be careful that it doesn't become the norm. 
you know what I mean? Because ultimately we're in a sport where numbers matter, right? So if you're DAZN or if you're a pay-per-view platform or if you're Fox or if you're... Ultimately, you want the fights that is going to generate the most interest and the most eyeballs and the most buyers or subscriptions. And the truth is, when you've got fights like Danny Garcia against Errol Spence doing, I don't know, 150,000, Charlo against uh, Derevchenko doing 60, 70,000, and then you've got Mike Tyson doing 1 million, two 50-year-olds fighting, and then you've got Floyd. And I mean, look, we did, God knows, blimey, probably 2 million buyers globally for Jake Paul against KSI 2. We did 400 or 500,000 buys on Sky at four in the morning, right? There's not a lot of fights that can generate those kind of numbers, but we just have to have enough about ourselves to say, that's why people also ask me all the time, would you do another YouTube fight? Yeah, I would, I definitely would. But can we like space it out a little bit? Because before you know it, yeah, Lennox Lewis is gonna come out of retirement. Evander Holyfield's gonna come out of retirement. This other YouTuber is going to want to fight. So what about the great fighters? And what I'm trying to say is the good thing about these events is that it does bring a new audience into the sport. But when the new audience comes, we've got to show them what is great about our sport, which is Terence Crawford against Errol Spence, which is AJ against Tyson Fury, you know, which is Billy Joe Saunders against Demetrius Andrade or Canelo against... So we can't make the norm these freak shows. I don't mind the freak shows every now and again. Because you can't Especially ignore. if those shows are outselling the real fights. That's the yeah. But that's what's happening. Yeah. But that's why I put Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney on the undercard of that fight, of, of KSI and Logan Paul, to piggyback off the back. I would quite like to see that on the Logan Paul-Floyd Mayweather card. You know, and if Floyd put on Tank, if Floyd put on, I don't know what other fighters he's got, but some of his other fighters, at least it gives them exposure to do it but my worry is that because of the success of those events and because of the numbers that people are more driven to do that than real fights and whatever you think about me I am a hardcore boxing fan and I love this sport right and I couldn't just continuously do events like that I did KSI Logan Paul because I was fascinated by it and I, I couldn't believe what I experienced it was amazing but I couldn't replace real fights, real boxing with that consistently every week because my heart wouldn't be in it. My wallet would be in it. But, I don't know. Like, you've got to do something that you love to do. I love, like, cards like Saturday where AJ's fighting and, you know, it's like, this is it. This is heavyweight world championship boxing. AJ, AJ does a bit of both. You know, he reaches that audience, Logan Paul audience, and, and then he hits the, the, the hardcore boxing audience. And that's the art of success, of promotion, to make sure you overlap to that audience. But yeah, we just have to be careful because it is, and to be honest, like, I don't know how I feel about Floyd doing it because part of me says, should he be more respectful to the sport? Like there are a lot of fighters that just wouldn't do that, I think. But Floyd's Floyd, isn't he? He's always done what he's going to want to do. If there's money to be made, Floyd's doing it. I just wonder how much money is actually at stake or, or what has been put on the table for him to want to take this fight. I think it is also one of, you may never see it, you know. It may be one of them where it's on if someone puts up a guarantee or if a site pays a huge site fee or if. Um, but Floyd normally finds a way, you know. 
But I just like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much money he's got. Maybe he's run out of money. Maybe he does. I mean, but he's made so much money. You get to a point where you go, okay, you say he's got 500 million, right? Which he should have. Should have more. And he's getting 50 million for this fight, which I don't even think he'll get, but whatever. And you almost want to bastardise your whole career and what you've done for this. Because you're only doing it for money, aren't you? Do you feel like it taints his legacy? Great fighters have done exhibitions and that in the past, but I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to criticise Floyd Mayweather because he is a great, you know. And but or you don't know if you'd do the same if you were there. I don't know, but it's just part of me thinks it's a class element. It's a class thing, you know, where you think no, I don't go out like that, you know. I'm not, after all what I've achieved, I'm not going in there against a YouTuber in an exhibition. You could, and I believe there are some fighters who go, you could pay me what you want. I ain't doing that. He's not one of them. But at least he's honest. It's not like he's going, no, I'm doing this because I want to grow the sport to a new audience. He's going, I'm doing it for the money. So, and you can't knock a man for that at the same time. So I don't hate it. You know, I don't, it's not like I'm going, oh, this is a disgrace for boxing. And I just think... Like, if you're selling something, you've got to have something to sell. You've got to have a narrative. What is the narrative here? Nothing. Right, because, like, Conor McGregor was at least calling him out and saying... ...boxing, that that was a mismatch, right? But at least Conor McGregor is a great athlete. He is an amazing fighter. He is one of the great mixed martial artists of all time. And he's an amazing self-promoter. So, like, that that was what it was. This is just weird. So, again, I'm not a kind of, I'm not, this is a disgrace for boxing, oh my God, I just hope it doesn't become the norm. No, I agree. I do agree. I, I, it, again, I'm always going to look at it. Hogan says to me, oh, can you do Jake Paul against uh, KSI? I would do that fight, right? Oh, can you do it? Because the numbers for us would be massive. Same with you. You know, when you did the KSI, like, everybody saw. So, at that point, it's like, well, if we did one of them every week, fuck, Wow. Our platform would be huge. The sport would be huge, but it's not the sport, is it? You know? No, I agree. All right, moving on. Word answers next time. All right. Frank Warren is now saying he does not intend to meet with you anymore, which is a bummer because I'm not. You're so sarcastic. I'm really upset about that. I mean, we. we to be honest, if I would have had that meeting, it really could have changed my life and revolutionised our business. <laughs> you smartass. You know what? It's like, I've seen the comments of, her needs to apologise for lying about, that, accusing us of lying about Daniel Dubois. All I said in an interview was, the swelling, the injury, didn't look like it was a fracture. I've seen many of them and I've not seen one like that. I said, and he's like, why would we lie? So I'm not saying, I'm just saying it's my opinion. You know, when AJ lost to Rees, he gave his opinion. I didn't cry about it. Start blood pressure going to 140. You know what I mean? I just say, all right, you're in, you know, it's what it is. So, um, but obviously he's had a, he's had a, he's not, I saw him come out and say, I'm not going to meet him anymore. But it's a very, you know, it's a very bad time for him. You know, I mean, the Dubois defeat, the Yard defeat last week, you know, I mean, you know, it's probably best that we don't have lunch because there ain't really a lot to talk about anymore 
So, um, but if he ever changes his mind, he's got a free lunch there with me. You know. Any pick up the tab. I'd always pick up the tab. I need to pick up the tab at the moment. Um, but yeah, well, we're actually we started it, and you're like, so when someone's doing an interview here, you should have a bit more respect. We're in an interview. We're live. But all we can, all we can hear is, oh yeah, here we are, here in the bubble, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I swear you do it just so you can get into interviews. This is gonna yeah, be look. the second oh. interview that you crash. Look, look. Come on, Gary. <laughs> look. We've got the Christmas tree. We got a Christmas tree. We got. Got the Prince of Listen, I, I appreciate you letting me do it right there. I was just looking for a, right, for a spot in this brilliant setup just to do my Telegraph preview. That was okay. it, really. Appreciate you uh, letting me photobomb or video bomb again. Time, Did it earlier on, didn't I? Yeah, but the trouble is, you're sitting in a corridor here, Michelle. It's where we, there's food over there. Over there. There's coffee yeah. over there. There's tables over there. The entrance is there. Don't hate yeah, the fact that I, I nabbed. Of notes. Can you let me get on with the this? The only reason you sat here is because you got the Christmas tree backdrop. But Merry, Merry Christmas anyway, thank Thanks, you. Gareth. It's the seasons, Gareth. Yeah, so look, whatever. But um, um, I, was, I wasn't... I was She's got three pages. I know, I know. No, I don't. But I was just... I wasn't never disrespectful to Daniel Dubois. I, you know, they asked me the question, did he quit? And I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't call a fighter a quit. How can we criticise a fighter? But I'm saying, I said that people in the sport, all fighters, were saying that he quit. So he did, but it doesn't mean he didn't make the right decision. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and, and when your health's on the line or whatever, and if it is, if he does have a break or double break, which they said he'd have, he'd have to have an operation and he, he may have to retire. And I hope he doesn't. He's a great fighter, a great talent. And I wish him all the best, but people get so touchy. You know, maybe I pressed the wrong buttons. You know, because it's just something about, I don't know whether it's my name or my face that just makes him lose his shit. Do you know what I mean? And you know, it's like, you know, like if you if you were doing an interview with him and you went, yeah, Eddie Hearn said straight away, you know. So I don't know. I just think everyone should just have, you know, be happy, you know. I don't know why people have to get so agitated about things. Maybe I just do that to people. Do you know what? I was actually going to say, like, do, no, I'm not, I haven't been doing it that long. Like, and maybe I'm not. I think boxing makes you really bitter. Because what we talked about earlier about the disappointments and the bad news every day, like when I was growing up, my dad was a different person when he was in boxing than he is now. Maybe that's come with age, but he was stressed, he was angry, he would have a short temper, right? Now he hasn't, he's none of them. And boxing done that to him. He openly says, I walked away from boxing because he was doing my head in. I thought, so much, many other sports are so much easier. So when you look at Frank and Bob and people like that, it's not that they're bad people. It's just that it's what boxing's done to them. And I look at Frank and I watch his interviews. I go, what are you doing? You don't need this. You know, you're whatever he is, 70 or what, come up 70. Bob's 90 nearly. I mean, they love... Bob just turned 89. I know, but it's, listen, it's amazing that they're still going. And, but I just think, oh, I ain't going to be doing that at that age. Fuck that. No way. No way. And if I am, please play this interview back because I don't want the aggro. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. You don't want so much disappointment, but the ups, are, the highs are so high. And that's the reason that you hang in there and you keep doing it. But I want to I wanna get in. I want to make, you know, um, a difference. I want to change the sport globally. 
And then eventually I want to sail off into the sunset and say, cheerio, in Canastota one day in the Hall of Fame and go, I've done it. I changed the game, I switched it up, goodbye. And now I'm going to go and smile and be happy and not watch interviews with people going, oh, hun, fuck off, you know, like, what do you want to be like that for? Miserable. Bob, speaking of Bob, Bob had mentioned a few things about Terence Crawford. It seems like it soured the relationship. Uh, for the first time ever, Terence Crawford was seen ringside at a PBC fight, which was for the Errol Spence-Danny Garcia fight. Seems like he might be up for grabs at some point. Is that, is that a conversation you'd be willing to have with Terence Crawford? First of all, I think... Um, Bob and Top Rank have done a good job for Terence Crawford over the years. I mean, you know, I remember when he fought for his first world title, it was on my show. He was mandatory to Ricky Burns. He came over to Glasgow. I think he had six airline tickets and six rooms and had about 400 people in them. I'm still paying the room service bill, which I joked with him about at the time. And, you know, he's, he's a tremendous fighter, tremendous fighter. For some reason or the other... Whether it's top ranks fault, whether it's just it's just how it's played out, he hasn't become the star that's enabled those kind of fights to happen like that, right? When you talk about Mayweather, um, Pacquiao, Fury, AJ, they become so big that even if you two parties hate each other, they just happen. The problem with Crawford Spence is it's not that big to us. You know, this is the same conversation we had earlier. You know, if, if Crawford Spence could do six, seven, eight hundred, a million buys, it would happen like that. But it doesn't. This is the problem, right? In terms of Bob Arum's comments about Terence Crawford, this goes back to what I just said five minutes ago. He don't give a fuck. You know, he's, he's, that, he's had enough of it. And he's going, he's so brutally honest, he's going, do you know what? I've done my conkers on you. I lost a fortune on the Kelbrook fight. I lost a fortune on the Amir Khan fight. And ain't doing it anymore. But whereas some people might think it and wouldn't say that on live TV and almost belittle their client, Bob goes, I don't give a fuck, I'm 89. Well, I'll, say what I'm, I'll say what I'm thinking. And I respect that as well. Maybe I thought it was a bit, little bit belittling of Terence, to Terence Crawford, you know? In terms of him being at the PBC event. Do you know the one thing I can't get? I like this situation because I'm just speaking as a fan. Right? You've got Spence going, I, I want 60-40 or that fight don't happen. And you've got Crawford going, I want 60-40. Are they mad? On what planet is one a bigger draw than the other? I mean, they both need each other. None of them are superstars. They're both amazing fighters. None of them are doing three, four, five hundred thousand regularly on pay-per-view or more. They need each other. And the only way they can break through that mould and start doing half a million, 800,000, a million buys is one, to fight each other, but two, to win and then go on and fight a Pacquiao or, you know, something like that. So it's going to come down to, you know, it's, it's a bit like when you look at the AJ Fury stuff, before Wilder and Fury were, well, for Fury particularly, was the star that he is now and a world champion. We offered both those guys 60 40 And they both went, no, it's only happening if it's 50-50. Now at the time, commercially, AJ was on a different planet to both. But now Fury's come through 
as a big star, and we turn around and we say, we, don't, we still don't agree with it, but you know what? We need, we, we need this fight. We want this fight. 50-50, we'll go. And he goes, done. Done. Right? So why can't those guys just turn around and Bob Aaron phone, phone um, Heyman and go, right, 50-50, all in the middle, we go. Do you know why? Because it don't generate the money. Because those guys will go, so, so what's 50-50? And they'll say, well, it depends how many buyers we do. And they'll say, well, it's going to do a million buys, right? And they're going to go, oh, no. And then they're not going to get what they think the fight's worth. And then it all falls apart again. You know? We've seen, unfortunately, that happen so many times. I watched back last night or the night before, Errol Spence against Danny Garcia, right? Good fight. Spence, I mean, amazing he's come through the accident. Danny Garcia always in great fights. Be honest. Did that excite anyone? Not saying it was a bad fight, not, but like, and what's next if you don't fight Terence Crawford? For both of you. I mean, Crawford's struggling so badly with opposition because he's the only welterweight that top ranker got. And Heyman will hold the stranglehold and say, well, if you come with us, we'll do the fight. Of course we will. But nah, if you don't, don't worry about it. I've been there with Kel Brook. You know, before, once he won the title, I was thinking, right, you know, unfortunately he got injured and, you know, but... They won't let us in. Well, let's do unification. No, 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 no. You know, they tried to sign him. Now, that's what they do. So we'll only let you in if you come with us. So, and it's the same with Crawford. But I'm just, I'm only having this chat with you as a fan, really. And the fan in me says, there's no, no standout star there. Is there? I mean, I don't. All right, Ed. Well, I'm going to wrap this up, all right? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I know I'm losing your attention right now. I'm losing slowly, slowly, but surely. But um, Billy Joe just fought this past week against Martin Murray. One of the things I asked him, and I'm going to ask you, is why is it that we never hear Caleb Plant's name mentioned? And Billy said, well, he just didn't see how it was possible because of the whole, you know, not, not, not having the same promoter and the network. And we just said, you know, I think they're not looking to, we, we, I would be willing to risk, you know, what people talk about risking a fighter or the belt. So if, I, if we did Billy Joe Saunders against Caleb Plum, we're risking, forget what Billy's risking, which is more important, we're risking losing control of a belt in a lucrative division. And some people can't, bring themselves to gamble on that for sport, right? So I would say in that respect, why don't we just do Caleb Plant against Billy Joe Saunders? Winner wins, winner gets two belts. One goes to PBC, one goes to Matt, you know, and then we either lose a belt in the division, but these people don't seem to want to do that. It's like, well, we can't lose our belt, our champion in that belt. Fuck off, who cares? They, Billy Joe Saunders, Demetrius Andre, they're in the same position as Crawford in Spence, in that they need, they need some, they've got to do something. And it may be fight each other. Billy Joe Saunders wants the winner of Canelo against Callum Smith. If that's not possible, he's fighting Demetrius Andre. They've got to do it. You know, I've, I'm sick and tired. Same thing with Charlo and Demetrius. Charlo comes out and says, I want to be my, my brother. I want to unify the division. We'll fight Demetrius Andre. You know, oh, what's the normal excuse? Oh, well, it's two different promoters, two different networks. No, no, we'll do it on Showtime, right? 
I want I want Demetrius to get his chance to shine, and he'll win, and we'll have the two belts back. But they won't take the risk. They won't take the gamble, right? And it's not oh. You know, what excuse could they use? Well, he's not a big enough draw. Yes, he is. We sold 9,000 at Providence. He's a belt holder. Oh, the money don't... Well, he'll be the same price as Derevenchenko. So what's your excuse now? Charlo Andrade is a brilliant fight, right? Unification matchup. Take the risk. Roll the dice. But they don't want to lose Charlo, and they know Demetrius can beat him. But if you want to unify, and you've got a champion saying, we're ready. Just tell us the date. Tell us the money. Done. So, and I've reached out to him. I've made him an offer for DAZN. Then I've gone back to him and said, we'll do it on Showtime, no problem. Not even a reply. Have you and Al Heyman had any conversations? I deal with Louis de Cubis a lot of the time. We, we've got a good track record of getting fights made. But they don't, they look at that fight and go, we don't want to fight Demetrius. And a lot of people look at Billy Joe Saunders and go, we don't want to fight Billy Joe. So let them fight each other and create a bigger star for someone to avoid. Okay. <laughs> All right, lastly, what's going on with uh, Dillian White? What can we expect? So when is he going to be on? His team, uh, Povetkin's team, are here with Kuzmin. Great fight, by the way, Bacoli Kuzmin. Um, and we're planning towards January 30th. There is a chance it could be delayed by a week or two. Povetkin's back training, he's running, but he's not doing the heavy stuff yet. So he'll do that this week, and then we'll have an answer. And I want to announce our early dates, hopefully this weekend. And the WBO obviously gave you... And Billy Joe, 10 days to decide. It's been extended now. I wrote to him. I said, that's not, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Canelo's fighting in less than 10 days. How can I make the Canelo fight before his fight with Callum Smith? So they've now given us till the 26th of December to fight Canelo Alvarez, Callum Smith, or um, Demetrius Andre. And he will do one of them. Okay. Well, good news. Great news. Because I think fans are really at wit's end. With with Callum. Gets his chance to see if he's a great. And that's what we want for Billy as well. All right, Ed, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Appreciate you as always giving me the time. Good catching up with you. you. See you tomorrow. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye, Fight Fans. Bye, Fight Fans. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here or else.